Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final episode of the Utah Royals FC show. Um, this is Lucas. Today, I'm joined by a full cast. Uh, Megan's here, Cindy's here, and Virtuoso's here. Um, yeah, we we recognize this is probably going to start off as a bit of a downer episode, but we also want to just have a fun conversation and share memories, talk about you know what the Royals meant to us, and um, yeah, kind of look ahead. Um, so yeah, I mean, just thanks everyone for listening. Um, we're, we're excited to do one last episode. Um, so we'll just kind of kick it off by, you know, talking about how, how we are all feeling about the Royals, um, leaving Cindy, do you want to kind of start and just say, and you're kind of in a unique position having been an FC Casey fan, but mm-hmm. what are you going through with this transition and this change? Mm-hmm. It's been bittersweet because I think I talked about it last episode where, you know, you follow a team, they cease operations, and then they go to a whole new state, whole new city, and you're like, okay, well, I'll continue following that team, and thankfully, you know, RSL Soapbox welcomed me from afar. So, and then two years, three years later... It, it, it happens again and you're like it's like deja vu all over for me and so it kind of feels like I went through the motions a little bit of FC Kansas City but with Utah um, but I think I was more involved with um, the the RSL soapbox community where before I really was kind of just getting into the media aspect of soccer for the NWSL and so I was a newbie but with Utah I feel like I was able to be more a part of that community. And so it's funny to hear you say you felt like a newbie because when you came on staff, I was like, Oh, we have this really <laughs> experienced like new lady and she's done photography and she knows she's like an NWSL expert. And like, Ooh. this is incredible. No, I think, I mean, I started that summer. My first game was covering the U S national team for the, sh- no, the tournament of nations in Seattle. And it just happened randomly. I was just, on vacation and so I kind of just fell in my lap but yeah a little bit bittersweet because obviously I got very connected to to soapbox and then even just to Utah I feel like I know my favorite coffee shops in in Salt Lake City and so yeah a little bit La Barba yeah and so yeah it's a little bittersweet for me but kind of exciting at the same time I don't know I'm I'm kind of like working through all of that where there's now a team in market. And so I'm going to be actually able to drive to games instead of getting on a plane, you know? So yeah. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard, what's that been like for, for you? Super sad. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I feel like there were rumors and then the rumors disappeared, and things were good, and then boom, everything just happened, and then it was gone. You know, I remember distinctly the Monday it was announced, like being very, very, very upset and going through this waves of like happiness, seeing the players like post and say their thank yous and yada yada yada, and then sad again, and then happy, and then as the stuff, you know as the tweets kept coming out, it was like, oh, I'm just getting sadder and sadder. And 
think it got to the point where, you know, I cried a little bit. Like, I think maybe a lot of people may have done. Um, I put all my gear, all my jerseys in the back of the closet. And it's just like, not going to think about it for a bit. And so that's sort of what it was. It was just this really, really rough week. And then I somehow a week later managed to sort of push it back into the crevices of my brain. And now it's coming back out again. Mm. But glad I got to meet folks along the way. And happy for people like Cindy who get their team back. Sort of. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Megan, what about what about for you? Uh, for me, it's tough for me because I moved out of market. So I was kind of already distanced. And then that coupled with the year we had where we didn't really get to see games this year. Like at one point I drove by the um, Real Academy where they were hosting it during the challenge cup. And I think the red stars were playing, but like, that's the closest I got to seeing this team this year. And then last year I had moved down to school and didn't get to see the season finale. So it feels like it had, by the time they formally said goodbye, I hadn't seen the team in like a year and a half play live. So it honestly wasn't as hard as I anticipated because for me, I had already been gone for so long, but at the same time, it also feels like nobody really got that like goodbye game. We didn't know going into the last game of the season, even that we were not going to have a next one in Utah. So I think that for me was like the hardest part is you were like, just, okay, we're done. And there was nothing more done than that. There wasn't a ton really done from the club. There wasn't any way to like say goodbye to the players or anything, you know? So I think, I think for me, the hardest part is just, there was no formal goodbye. Like I would have hoped if there had, like if the team was going to fold inevitably, yes. But in another year, maybe you have like an event where fans can see the players and say goodbye personally, you know, something like that. But because of the nature of the year we're having or had, it's guess I guess a new year now, but like because of coronavirus and everything, we didn't get that. So I don't know. It was kind of it was kind of kind of hard, but at the same time, not as hard as I would have initially anticipated. Like if you had told me two years ago. But I am like Virgil said, very excited for Cindy and the Blue Testament. Even though I hate Kansas City with every fiber of my being, to have this opportunity. <laughs> but best of luck to Cindy and wh- whoever ends up getting to stay in with the Kansas City market. And obviously, we've had. Some players kind of move on, but I'm ex- I'm excited for the future of the league for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a really good point. I think is the league is growing. The league is doing like pretty well, um, even though you know this is obviously not a great look for them to have to relocate a team essentially. Um, but it's great that yeah, two teams are coming in this year. Two teams are coming in next year. It sounds like with Sacramento. Um, you know, like I, I definitely want to support the growth of the sport and it's great that that's happening, but it's also kind of heartbreaking that it's not happening in Utah. Um, I think for me, it's been, yeah, I think weird. It's been, it's felt super weird in that, like I had some advanced knowledge that this was coming, um. And I had just picked up, I think I said this in the last episode, but um, picked up some of the $1 Royals jerseys for friends and family. Um, and then got a text message confirming that that they were done uh, 
and that just like hit me so hard. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's weird to think that, you know, in a couple months, they're not starting preseason. They're not going to be out at Harriman um, in the indoor facility for, you know, trying out uh, different players and um, bringing in practice squads and things like that. And, you know, last year's players kind of slowly filtering back and then, you know, the, the year got derailed, but it was like things were coming along and it's just super weird that that's not going to happen this year. So for me, I feel, I feel sad. I think I will continue to feel sad until um, probably until like they get an individual team back. If that happens at all, it's not guaranteed. Um, but yeah, like I, I think kind of echo what I feel like everyone has said is the community has felt like a really invaluable part. Um, and I feel really fortunate that, you know, RSL Soapbox um, will keep growing. Um, it is funny to think back like pre-Royals when I was involved and it was just RSL focused. Like, I don't, I don't feel as excited about that as I, as I did about kind of the setup within the organization of Real Salt Lake, Utah Royals, Real Monarchs, the Academy, the Girls Academy sort of coming up and um, becoming more of a focus with um, LaPelbit and um, Stephanie, I can't remember her last name, uh, like the other new hire. Um, and I mean, it's super fascinating to me that there is a Utah Royals Academy team in Arizona, girls team that will continue to exist. Like that's kind of exciting. Um, so the crest lives on in the youths. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's sad. It may, like, I think I also feel some, a fair bit of anger towards Deloitte Hansen um, because his like just terrible racist, sexist behavior, toxic behavior um, meant that a beloved team got ripped from its community and I hate that the system is set up in such a way that one man being terrible can do that, can have that kind of impact. Like that's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there in Slack, there was um, like in the NWSL channel, someone was talking about kind of what had happened with David Villa and NYCFC and kind of as an aside, this person's like, yeah, these kind of things aren't just localized to Utah. I'm like, oh, like I get what they mean, but that just sucks at Utah, this place I love, this place I'm not from, and I live here by choice because it's an incredible place, has this reputation of just being toxic, sexist, racist, because, I mean, those are real issues for, I think, our culture at some level, but certainly Deloitte Hansen has brought a lot of shame to our city, to our state, to our sport. Um, and I feel I feel mad about that. I was bummed when he didn't win worst Utah of the year. Is, is that a thing? Yeah. Is that a real award? <laughs> that's a real award. They gave it to um, Mike Lee. Uh, well, mm, that's also fair. It is fair. He's terrible too. Yeah, but there are I, some really terrible people here. There are some really terrible people here. <laughs> Who's but Mike Lee? Sorry, Who's he's a senator. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's from the Senate. Have you ever just, heard of it? Just knowing a senator in Utah is enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just he's. I, I mean, Mitt Romney at least has yeah. morals. It's true. It's true. A little bit, yeah. I disagree with a lot of his morals, but some of them are admirable. 
Mm. Mike Lee just loves power. Yeah. So. Okay. I I really relate to that to Lucas. Like it is just this incredible amount of like anger and hatred towards this dude about the stuff that's been going on for years, right? Because we've known the culture was like this yeah. since he stepped in. And so it's this really interesting juxtaposition between I'm so glad that these stories and these narratives of sexual harassment and racism and homophobia are coming to light. Um, And that's awesome. So it's great that the volcano is blowing up. It just really sucks that the volcano burned my city down. I mean, I've heard for years that it was just a matter of time before, um, before, Bully Hansen had his Donald Sterling moment. Like people mm-hmm. knew that he would say the N word. People knew that he created this toxic culture. Mm-hmm. I really, and maybe this is just naive of me, but like I really believed that the organization would stay together. Um, and it's like it's great that he he's being outed for his problematic behavior. It just sucks that this is the result. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the sad part about all all this is that, you know, a team was the casualty. I mean, it it was, that's, that was the big loss for, for, for the organization, which again, just, just goes to show that how fragile still the NWSL is. Um, because NWSL just couldn't just step in like MLS and keep it in Utah. Like they had to act and unfortunately acting meant finding new owners that were not in Utah. And I think that's the thing that really gets me the most where I'm like, there's still, yeah, we're seeing the NWSL grow a lot, but there's still a lot of growth and the NWSL needs to get to a point where they can, you know, step in when the owners are just terrible and that wasn't able to happen in Utah. And that's unfortunate because Utah is a great market and it had nothing to do with the fans. It had nothing to do with, there was no community support. It all just came down to logistics and of course a terrible owner. Um, Yeah. And it's it, it really is this sort of double sword because for me, Deloitte Hansen is the guy with the money. He had the money to front what you needed to make something like this happen. You know, like it is, I think that there is no way that you cannot contest that he did do some good things. Like he brought the team here, you know, he did stuff with the locker room. But at the same time, you know, he is a horrible, horrible person who, even though he made something happen, he self-sabotaged it at the same time and ruined something that, you know, a lot of people really care about. I think the most ironic thing for Deloitte Hansen is that here's this guy that wanted to be put on a, a pedestal. He wanted to be Larry Miller. He wanted to have some type of legacy. He thought that legacy was going to come through, you know, 
bringing women's sports to fruition. And it's funny because you will never, you know, obviously there are horror stories about Larry Miller as well. But Deloy Hansen's legacy will never be that of Larry Miller. Deloy Hansen will never be a good Utahn. He will be known as a sexist, racist, homophobic, xenophobe, who's a cutthroat at business, who took away women's soccer and exploits his renters. That's what his legacy will be. And in a way, it's incredibly ironic because he has been so two-faced the entire time. So I think a, a good way to phrase it is that it's incredibly shitty poetic justice. Oh. Anyway, sorry, that was a bit of a rant. <laughs> it wouldn't be a true Utah Royals FC show without <laughs> it be. rants. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't TLDR be. Hansen. You can edit that, Lucas, if you want. <laughs> Noted. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, so I think... Um, yeah, I, I feel like we all share pretty similar feelings about this. Um, but uh, kind of as we mentioned, Cindy is continuing um, on with uh, Kansas City. Um, so Cindy, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your involvement, what what you'll be doing, and kind of where to find you, because I think a lot of people want to know that. Yeah, I moved on with the Blue Testament, which is the SB Nation site for Oh Kansas City, um, your guys' favorite sporting Kansas City. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll be covering the team um, with with them and um, yeah, thebluetestament.com, the Blue Testament on Twitter. So yeah, that's that's mainly what, what I'll be doing. Just can pretty much doing the same thing as I was doing with RSL Soapbox. I think more on the, on the limited, I mean, I'd, I don't have any responsibilities of like editing um, everyone's work. And my, I feel like my role is a little bit more scaled back, which I think will be nice because then I can just actually focus on writing and covering the team and not like, you know, the management side of things. And um, yeah, so it's nice because my focus would just be the team and not so much on the managing side of editing. Um, so I'm excited for that. But yeah, that's, that's what I would do. Nice. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that one of us gets to still cover the league. Hmm. I mean, you guys still can. I mean, we can form our own NWSL soapbox thing. That <laughs> <laughs> can happen. Yeah. Mm. NWSL box. NWSL, yeah, I like it. I, we could totally do it. It'd be so great. Yeah. We could be the next equalizer. We should have renamed, uh, we should have named Soapbox like Saltbox or something that drawn the name. <laughs> team yeah but that's an aside that we don't need to talk about today <laughs> um cool well yeah that's exciting um yeah. so 
like I kind of said at the top of this show, we do want this to be a fun episode. Um, we don't want to just focus on being sad or being mad. Um, so let's talk about some favorite memories. Um, I can kick it off and yeah, anyone jump in at any time. Um, but for me, thinking back to that first game was just kind of wild because I was uh, on a road trip with my dad, which we don't road trip a lot together. Uh, he had just retired. Um, and so he uh, came out to to Utah from Oregon and decided to, um, we decided to go to Zion National Park and then from there go see my brother in Las Vegas. Um, and so that first game happened and I am literally in the passenger seat of a car watching it on my phone with real spotty cell service. Um, but remember like Gunny's goal. And then I think, um, we got to the hotel room and I like rushed in as quickly as I could to sit on the edge of the bed and, um, watch like basically the second half of, of that Orlando game where Becky got, a a handball car called against her when the ball hit her in the face, which is so frustrating to think about. I know I just said positive, but like if they had gotten those two points and won that they would have made the playoffs that year, the whole history of the team would have been different. They would have won the championship would have been the greatest team. There's no way they could have been relocated. I'm not bitter, but I'm just saying that's what would have happened. Um, and yeah, that was just, I just remember that being super exciting. Um, anyone else uh, have a favorite memory? I've got a whole list. Ooh, you do have a whole list. Um, for me, it was the second game um, at Real Tinto Stadium in 2018. And that was when they played Portland. So it's exciting because it's Portland. And um, yeah, it was like a night game. And I think it was my first trip out there. And I think right before we got tacos at that place. Yeah, Lone Star. We did. That was a good time. That was a good time. And yeah, and then it was, in this, I believe, when A-Rod, so A-Rod came on. Um, I think at that point it was 0-0. Zero, zero, and I was sitting like, I think what I loved about Real Tinto is that Nobody told you where to go. I feel like with MLS, you're more you're more limited of like shoot from here. You know, you can take photos there. But I just remember just there were no rules. I feel like I could go anywhere and take photos. And so I was towards the uh, goal line area part, and Roscoe was sitting near me too. And we were just like sitting on the grass. I was just like chilling there, like taking a bunch of photos. And then Amy Rodriguez scores her goal, which is like her first goal um, since her injury. Cause she just, ha- she just had come back from her ACL injury and yeah, she scored that goal. I think it was one zero at the time, but that excitement had like happened right in front of me. And I think all of my photos from, from that sp- particular moment were very blurry because I was just like, ah! like celebrating at the same time, which was very professional, but, um, <laughs> that's so yeah. that's like the hardest thing about I know transitioning from fan to like photographers, you can't celebrate once something exciting happens because that's like go time. Yeah. And then, so I'm just like, I don't know. It's happening in front of me. A-Rod is like, her fist is up in the air. Like her, her like teammates are hugging her and the stadium is wild. And 
it was just it was such a great moment and then portland ruined it later with their own goal but whatever <laughs> yeah that was mine yeah one of them one of them it is funny it's like that for rsl games too they don't give you any direction but if you go to like providence park they're like this is exactly where you can go and if you don't do it you will you will be in big trouble <laughs> no which uh i've only done obviously covid um i've only done two, two games i did and the last one i did was um in in kansas city at the sporting kc game and you're now like they assign seats but because you're not allowed like on the pitch at all mm-hmm. it's like more towards like the corner and you have your own little spot but I love that new spot because I was I have so much better photos. I I don't know about you, Lucas, but I don't like shooting from the end line. You know, like the goal line part. Yeah. I, I'd like more being like corner sideline. Yeah. Yeah, I, I very much agree with that. Yeah. And so I don't like that MLS and like US soccer does that and I'm like it's crap. But anyway. That's all I got. That's my rant. <laughs> All right, who's next? <laughs> Megan, favorite memory? A favorite memory? Uh, my favorite memory. Um, well, that the first home opener was is the obvious one. I don't think there has ever been a day that I was more proud of sports fans in Utah because I traditionally have beef with them. I think they're a little bit problematic sometimes and fair weathery, but. Uh, that day at Rio Tinto with the, what, little over 19,000 people we ended up with, despite the screwed up national anthem and the Rachel Platten that I still think was kind of unnecessary. It was a really, like, it was a, it was a good day for Utah sports. It was, I mean, I've never gotten to see women's sports in Utah. I know there was, a, I think there was at least a women's basketball team at one point, but I've, like, never seen women's sports in Utah respected in a way that they were that day and were that – I mean, were the whole time they were here up until the end, really. So, for me, that was something special because I was – ooh, how old would I have been? Like, 17 at the time. And to see – sorry to make you mad, Cindy, that I was 17 at the time. She gets mad when I m- mention how young I am. But to see that much respect and appreciation given to women's sports was really – really fun for me and just to be there and be I was in the stands that day but to be just around that many people appreciating the world-class athletes that we were fortunate enough to get to bring into Rio Tinto Stadium that day was the top thing that I always remember from the Royals time in Utah yeah yeah that first home game was so much fun because it was so packed and there was so much yellow it was so bizarre to see like that much like yellow and gold at rio tinto Mm -hmm. um uh it kind of reminded me of when rsl played uh tigress (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it was i mean i know they were like either handing out shirts or they had like five dollar shirts or something um but that was that was such an incredible atmosphere that first game there's so much excitement it felt historic um I mean, they had fighter jets fly over. I've never yeah. seen that at a sports game. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Rachel Platten. I forgot how weird it was that the seats were gold. I didn't think about that until you said it. But I, yeah, mm. like I have a picture in my phone and you just looked around and it looked like you were at a Columbus crew game just in a different shade of yellow. 
and instead it was it was Rio Tinto where it's it's always the red the red the red but mm. that was something crazy to see that many people in in gold and in jerseys too like you still see that that classic inaugural jersey everywhere so yeah <laughs> what was that there was some car outside my window I'm so sorry wow <laughs> you got cats you got uh, drag races. <laughs> People up here are very aggressive. Um, you know, Ra- Rachel Platten for me is so funny because that event was so hyped. And she didn't butcher the anthem once. She didn't butcher the anthem twice. You know, it was like a three-time thing. And so for that to be so hyped, so promoted, and then have it happen like that with such a huge crowd was just such a funny way to sort of start off the franchise history but i wonder at least what she remembers from that day i like i didn't think she remembers it. it i'm sure i heard she got paid a lot and they were pretty mad about it uh i'd like, be mad because they paid her a lot and she didn't even know the words to the national anthem which i don't but i'm not performing <laughs> Let's see if there's any yeah career. There is nothing that says, yeah. There's nothing. No, I I think it's like a forgotten thing. It unless you were at at that game or watching it. I don't know. I, I a year and a half ago, and it was all like there were multiple YouTube videos. Oh. So maybe they got taken down. Oh, YouTube never forgets. It's probably on there. Okay, but then I go to Google and the and I type in if I type in Rachel Rachel Platten National and then it just comes up with like national anthem. Rachel Platten forgets national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's on YouTube. And oh no, poor girl. Yeah, is she I mean I had never heard of her before that or honestly since. Is she like a, still doing stuff? Yeah. She got interviewed by People Magazine, and she says her mind just wasn't cooperating, and she was obviously embarrassed. Um, yeah, she's just – she was embarrassed because she was working on it. She knows a song. Um, but, yeah, one of those things, I guess, just happens. Nerves. Yeah. I think she has a kid now, too. Yeah, I feel like I saw somewhere that she had a kid at some point in the last two couple years. Mm-hmm. Should we have brought her on as a guest? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Okay, guys, sorry, this is not going to be the last episode. We have one more. <laughs> it's true. Rachel Platt 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 <laughs> oh no. Anyway, I mean, I probably would forget if there was like nineteen thousand people there, and I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I, in uh, high school, I had to like write out all the words to the national anthem by memory. And we, the, my uh, teacher, the whole class had to do it, obviously. And the teacher at one point was like, do you think it would help if we put, if I put on like just the music without the words? And we tried that and it actually made it much more confusing. So Hmm. I don't remember how I did on that, that part of the quiz. Um. Uh, yeah. Other other favorite memories, guys. <sighs> There's so many. I loved 
obviously the first time we met I met you, Cindy, you talked about that. We went and got tacos. That was fun. Did. That was fun. I love the RSL soapbox game yeah. soccer that we played. That was that fun. was a highlight for sure. I won just letting the record show. I'm, I'm still a little salty that Ian just planted in front of the goal the entire game. <laughs> yes. Like no I got a good team. I picked off size for one reason and it was to do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about it. We were like this there's no goalies and he was a goalie. And not like just he- a goalie. We had little pug goals and um, he, you know, just, I mean, we, at some point we changed the rule, but Cindy already had a hat trick and it was, there was no coming back for us. No, no. You know, Cindy is very good at the footy. Someone who I distinctly remember surprising me was Matt Montgomery. And that was really good. He was going to be able to do some of those things that he did with his body that day. That was fun. <laughs> That's yeah. Casey also made me look like an idiot multiple oh, times. Oh, Casey! Still embarrassed yeah. about letting Casey be on the other team. Should have picked her for my team in hindsight, but mm-hmm. yeah, Did I you? mean, she is. Yeah, she's so good at soccer. Did <laughs> she, she play in college? Yeah, she got a full ride yeah. to D one school. So I yeah. mean, not to say I married up, but what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't she? Didn't she play with somebody that was in is in the NWSL now? I feel like you told me a player that she like knew or played with or something. Uh, yeah, uh, Kaylee Watt, like a little bit. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. That's who it is. Like they did an ODP camp together, and Casey's a few years older, so I think they had like one scrimmage or something. It wasn't a big deal, but I like mm-hmm. to. I think it's oh, your best friend. Yeah, basically, you and you could just invite her and JJ Watt over for tacos. Uh, yeah, we were invited to their wedding, but we just like couldn't make it. <laughs> we, you know, we had a family game night, so we couldn't. Cancel. Yeah, yeah. Um, my other favorite memory is uh, last year when at the home opener. Um, I believe, yep, it was the first game of twenty. Oh my gosh, that was two almost ago. two years ago. I'm still in 2020. Um, first game, yeah, we have, I think very similar photos of a corner kick. We do, we <laughs> do, but I remember post game on the sideline, I was just there taking photos, and then I hear this voice, and oh. it's like the sweetest, most angelic voice I've ever heard. <laughs> and <laughs> she's like, Hi, can you take a photo of me and my dad? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's Kristen Press. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, do I use a phone? Do I use I guess I use my camera. <laughs> so um yeah, took a photo of Kristen Press and her dad, and then she just left. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I guess I just tag you and but then I'm like, I feel like this was a special moment and I just didn't want to claim it as like my photo. So I kind of knew I had to get it to her. Thankfully. Um, I had Abby Smith's uh, phone number and obviously we've had Abby Smith on the show. And so I texted her and I was like, can you get this to Kristen? Um, I should have just asked for Kristen's number, but I'm sure that would not have happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I have her so, email address if you need it. Oh uh, yeah. I should contact her. Um, but yeah. And so Kristen ended up posting the photo, did not credit me, um, which shade she has before, but did not this time. And I was a little sad. I was a little salty. But, I mean, that might be Abby's fault. Maybe Abby didn't say who was from. It's true. So, that is true. She'd be like, hey, I got this photo from some person. Here you go. To be fair, yeah, that would be kind of hard to be like, <laughs> her Instagram handle is at. 
I should have been like, um, can you ask her to credit me appropriately? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, that's the next one. That's yeah, that, all I got. That was, that was a fun game. It was, what, the day before that you and I had interviewed Farrah at practice. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Who's the player that got injured and we like saw it happen and they were out? Was it Lido? Ta- yep, Taylor Lido. I do remember that. I was like, oh, she looks hurt. I know. You were like, I was like, oh, she's like, fell down. (laughs) You're like, I think she's really hurt. Yeah. Uh, Oh. And she didn't play that year. She did not. Hmm. Yeah. Do you guys remember the, like, the triumphant return of Diana Matheson in the Challenge Cup this summer? How she was just gone for. Ever. Several years, at least. And then she. I thought she died. We, like I, th- I did not think she would be coming back for 2020, and then she just banged her of a goal and incredible. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. There was so much like, is she staying in Canada? Is she coming back? Is she like there? Were, nobody knew where she was, <laughs> and then she was just all of a sudden back. <laughs> I was like, there's no way she gets allocated. The allocated list comes out. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's no way she makes the roster. She's on the roster. There's no way she starts this game. She starts the game. Um, and so now I'm like, there's no way she keeps playing Kansas City, right? She probably will. She'll probably be MVP. Yeah, what we've learned is <laughs> Diana Matheson. Never doubt Diana Matheson. Yeah. Don't doubt Diana. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, what are the memories? Come on, guys. So one for me is um, uh, in a yeah, a 2018 away game to North Carolina Courage. I was in Maryland for um, to see family. And I had misunderstood when my family was going to be there. And so I was there like three days after, two or three days after everyone left. Um, and so I was like looking at what I could do. And I looked at... Um, like, you know, uh, if Washington Spirit was playing, if DC United were playing, if RSL was going to be in the area. And I looked at the Royals and they were playing in North Carolina. I'm like, how far is that? And it was like four hours. I'm like, that's reasonable. So I drove down and um, I brought my Nikon D40, which is an entry level Nikon camera from 2005 that had been my father-in-laws that he gave not father-in-law stepdads that he gave to me for my college graduation um and so I just like sat on the sideline and like not really just on auto and just like taking pictures not really sure what I was doing and I'd like run up to the press box and I'd like tweet something out or upload a photo and tweet it out and um the Royals went up they were down like one zero went up two to one and then North Carolina equalized. So it was not the Ratcliffe goal that, uh, that won the game, but it was super dramatic, really fun game. Um, and yeah, that was like, that was such a fun time. And, uh, yeah, just photographing that definitely changed how I kind of my whole soccer world because I started doing soccer photography. Yeah. You took that incredible photo too, which will hopefully forever be, our uh, Twitter cover photo thing of the whole team. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the UFC? Oh, yeah. They're show? like falling yeah. over and like, yeah. 
I thought I thought the picture was very good. Yeah, I thought the pictures were really good. Um, hey, you know those auto modes on on Nikon cameras, you know, aren't bad. Mm-hmm. ISO is probably jacked way up and just. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a very bright day, and I feel yeah, like kind of harsh lighting. Yeah, so those were good. And then I remember you were like, and now you have like uh, a telescope to take photos, and yeah. you're like legit. It turns out photography equipment is not super cheap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I should not have probably gone to North Carolina. I would have more money in my pocket these days yeah mm. what else what else i have so many memories to be completely honest um one of my favorite things is i would always come to games about like an hour hour and a half early yeah. to set up and so it was cool to uh do that and just interact with people made a lot of friends and met a lot of people mm. doing that mm. um i also distinctly remember one game uh because it's you know in the court section your position right in front of the goal for shoot around or i guess yeah whatever sh- shoot around works um and i remember kelly o'hara just hit banger after banger after banger i don't think she missed a single shot and Kristen press i think missed like every shot she took and it was like i don't mean that in a negative way but it was just very 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 interesting to see that happen and same with katie stengel she probably took like 15 shots and hit one and Kelly O'Hara would just rocket after rocket after rocket. And then the game happened. And that was the game where I think I, I think it was the same game where Kelly missed an absolute sitter. And <laughs> then Stengel scored two goals. Ooh. So that was very ironic to see mm. that happen. Um, oh, Katie Stengel. Yeah. Oh, Katie Kelly O'Hara can't perform under pressure. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and now here come the Kelly O'Hara stands. Although I feel like with the whole nas- national anthem thing, there's not that many fans. Yeah, for her, they've been abandoned. They've kind of been like, "Ooh, yeah. she's not so great." Yeah. Um, another favorite moment. Well, actually, it's probably my least favorite moment. Is those uh, noon games? And I'm oh, sure yeah. all three of you will remember the picture of Beatrice sunburned. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Super gross. I don't think I've ever seen a human ass sunburned as you. <laughs> it was so bad, and then I was so happy because I didn't think we had a single. There may have been one other noon kickoff the next year, but after that, we were done with uh, twelve o'clock games. The, yeah. the, the twelve or one o'clock games. So that was really, really great. There's um, one of those midday games where Cindy was in town, and. It was fires. Yeah. And um, so I started like taking photos for just a minute at first and then I stopped. I don't remember why. And then I like went and sat with like my wife and two friends in our season tickets. And it was so hot that I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to the press box. <laughs> I just bailed on my wife and friends. Uh, wow. like, I was like, uncomfortably hot. Uh, it was very hot. Yeah. And smoky. Yeah, it was gross. I think I stayed for RSL Soapbox game that night because it was a doubleheader. RSL. Um, yeah. Sorry, RSL game. I think that was the day when we all went to, or at least a small group of us went to Caputo's for. Oh, yeah. 
I remember that. It was you, Matt, and then Casey and Matt. Yeah. I don't know if Jeannie was there. Yeah. Anyway. The four of us. Yeah. But I do remember um, I went back for the RSL game that evening and I was sitting on the press press box and I could just, you know, turn to the right and I could see the fires. And I'm like, oh, hello, Utah. (laughs) This is life. I think for a while I was like, what if the stadium catches fire? What am I going to (laughs) do? Do you guys not have many? Do you not have wildfires in Nebraska? Not me. No. I mean, no. There's <laughs> always like droughts and like the potential of like, but yeah, we, there's no fire threats in the Midwest. Weird. I know. <clears throat> hmm. I feel like if it does happen because it's so flat, like Midwest would just be gone. Like, I think <laughs> from Kansas to. Yeah, it would just be gone because there's – I feel like with mountains, there's – I don't know. I don't know anything about fires, obviously. But I feel like with mountains, there's – they kind of have to climb a little bit. Um, and there's that blockage. But mm-hmm. it's flat over here. And, yeah, I feel like maybe the Kansas hills will stop it. But <laughs> Nebraska, Iowa will be gone. Probably Chicago too, Illinois. They'll probably stop like once they get to Lake Michigan, but that would Lake Superior. Yeah, I'd probably put out a fire. <clears throat> yeah, but anyway, that was scary. I was a little concerned because I'm like, <laughs> is my flight gonna be able to take off? That's so funny. Uh, I don't even remember that part of the day really. Like that, really? that's not what stands out to me. Yeah, even Megan yeah, Rutan is yeah. Just- I, I think I'm the Utah and all of the three of us are so used to the wildfires because I barely rem- I know what wildfires you're talking about, but like it wasn't anything I hadn't seen before, so it doesn't really stick out. It's like I mean, Me- Megan's yeah. like that. Yeah, do you guys remember that photo of that dude like mowing his lawn with his window <laughs> off the background? Like that's Megan with with wildfires. Uh, yeah, pretty even, much. even Megan Rapino was like talking how bad it was, and I was like, yeah so bad it was hot there was smoke yeah 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 um one thing that seemed out to me was just how exciting it was to sign Kristen press like that signaled a really ambitious signing a lot of ambition from the owner um and i know like her first season wasn't like lights out but her second season was really fantastic and um like it was super fun being at the little press conference when they announced her and getting to interview her and i remember like a couple weeks later just running into her at campus and talking to her for a few minutes and you know it was was really fun to have that trio of uh u.s national team players and um yeah that was like a really fun time when things seemed like they were kind of on the up and up and a lot of growth and um, like the team had really high potential. Yeah, I remember. It was, it was just so much fun. I think that first year, obviously the team underperformed, but it was just exciting. Um, I also really liked the Royals. Like this, I think it was, so 2019 they, start, they started off good and then all the national team players left for the World Cup and then 
I just loved like Labonta just becoming like the player for Utah. Um, and that and that started like the whole them being on this like roll because in press and the national team players were back and Utah all of a sudden was like unstoppable and it was like so exciting. Um, and then obviously they crashed in September, but it was just fun to be to follow to like that that little stretch from like July to like mid September where they were like, wow, they're gonna make the playoffs, they're gonna be good. Mm. Psych, but yeah. was that's fun. wasn't that when Amy Rodriguez scored that? Oh yeah, goal as well. Was that during yeah. that little stretch? Oh, that's such a good so goal. Good. That started it. Yep, that yep. was so good. Yeah, I like I love that Labonta point because I feel like the her first year she kind of went under the radar a little bit. Um and then her second year it felt like she was like the player. Like in, in my mind in a lot of ways Gunny was Utah Royals 2018 and Labonta in many ways was like the consistent piece in 2019 and she's just such a fun personality despite being engaged to just one of the all-time greatest RSL foes. I'm happy for her. I, th- I think one of the highlights is that she gets to be in Kansas City um, with with old Roger. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like that, that to me is kind of a fun aspect is just the energy and kind of positivity she brought to the team, to the game. Um, and even, even like she lost her brother while she was in Utah. Like that's, she went through a lot and still, you know, seemed to really give it all uh, for the team and bring such a positive energy. Like, I really, really appreciated that presence. I think Lola Bonta is probably my all-time favorite Utah Royals player. Agreed. Fantastic human right there. Yeah, that's a good shout. She's so funny. She's just, I don't know if she's, like, trying to be funny. I don't think. I think that's just her personality. Like, do you remember when I made it on her Instagram when we were making fun of Katie Stengel? Oh, yeah. I do. That was the inaugural season, was it? That was the inaugural season. I yeah. feel like that and that when uh, Rachel Corsi put our podcast sticker on her water bottle, I feel like oh, those were the two yeah. moments where it's like, okay, the podcast has made it. We've done that good. That was fun. I know we talked about this at one point, but, man, the amount of guests that have been on, like, on this show is mm-hmm. like really, I mean, most, a lot of them were before I was really involved at any level. Like I loved listening to those interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, before you became big daddy Lucas. I hate that <laughs> name, but yeah. <laughs> you still have the mug. Yeah. Uh, Casey <laughs> uses it a lot more than I do. <laughs> Did uh, RJ give you that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. That was great. That was so great. Yeah. Um, top five podcast moment as well, I think. The Big Daddy Lucas jokes. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many people that we didn't get back around to, like Alex Arlett. Oh, supposed yeah. to interview her again. She was fun. Another great moment was, I remember, uh, some random lady came up to me at a game and it's like, thank you for doing the podcast. This is so great. She put her arm around me and I'm like, uh, thanks, who are you? She's <laughs> like, oh, I'm Michelle Mamon's mom. that was a very crazy moment that was like oh my gosh wow okay you listen to the podcast that's fantastic 
I absolutely um, love that she didn't introduce herself first. Yeah. <laughs> either she's like, uh, people know who I am, or I feel like that's something I see Michelle doing of just being like, oh, really friendly and nice. And like, oh, yeah, like I'm so and so. Yeah. I, I wanted to interview her too, and that, you know, what it's like to raise a professional soccer player and that. That never happened either, but that was a really, really special moment. I think just getting to know the players as people and as human beings was really kind of cool and refreshing. Because there's been so many moments where it's like, okay, you, you like, you see the human, the human here. Whether that be, yeah. um, like the first interview we did with Lola Bonta where I was scared shitless. I was like, what, what do I do? What do I say? I wrote it all down, freaking out to um, another funny moment is I remember I was interviewing Gunny in the, she was in the locker room in the call drop like three or four times. Mm. And she was so annoyed because it was like, who is this random guy who wants to talk to me and the call keeps dropping. So <laughs> it's just, there's, there's been so many fun memories to, I think re- reflect on and, to build relationships with people in the organization and outside of the organization, you know, just pe- people at games. I think that's been probably the greatest thing about Utah Royals FC is just meeting people, talking to people, creating this shared passion. You know, I know, you know, I wouldn't know any of you as well as I know you, I, you know, I probably, you would all still be acquaintances instead of my friends, friends. So a lot of good things have come from this. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Good ones. We may have lost a team, but we gained friendships. <laughs> I have a note in here uh, about, like, I have a long list of people I want to thank. And then the last thing I have is the friends we made along the way, question mark. <laughs> I mean, it's like a joke, but also it is really great to like the community we built, like, you know, mm-hmm. doing this podcast with you guys feel like we're hanging out like every week has been really special. Yeah. 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 Um, any other favorite memories we want to get to or talk about? Radcliffe goal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so incredible. I'll appreciate that one being mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was just, yeah. That slide tackle, that turn, that shot, my goodness. I just love how it was all her, too. She was yeah. like, okay, none of y'all are going to do this. I got it then. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel like when we asked her about that when she came in the pod, she was like, said something about teamwork. And it's like, love that, love that, you know, that mentality. That was 100% you, uh, which is great. Um, we have to talk about Amy Rodriguez scaring the crap out of Emily Sonnet. Oh my gosh. That was so great. I mean, Lucas, you were right there. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, I wasn't, but <laughs> I was, I had a zoom lens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you were near. It was, it was so funny. I have never seen a soccer player so scared for her life. Yeah. <laughs> she was like. And then everybody just. Sonnet knew her life was on the line in that moment. <laughs> and then Tobin Heath is like, ah! and then Horan is like there. And then there's Vero Boquete. She's like, guys, 
settle down. Well, and yeah, Amy chewed out Haran later in the game. Not as not as intense, but I remember asking Amy about it after the game, <laughs> and she was like, she's just like real serious, real stoked, like. Yeah, you know, we're, you know, things are a little heated, but we're professionals and we're fine. <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. She was probably still fuming a little bit from that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it was just, it's so funny. Um, Becky scoring a goal. Like the world's best header. Oh, it's so it's amazing. Oh, just, just Becky in general playing for Utah. I think what I love most about, I don't know if you guys have listened to the uh, podcast, the Just Women's podcast with Kelly O'Hara, and she interviewed Becky Sabrin a couple a couple episodes ago, and she talks about it. She, I mean, after Kansas City, she was ready to go back to Portland, but, you know, she, they talked to her about coming to Utah and being a part of, you know, getting this club started, and I just really respect her for that because she could have easily gone to Portland. This was her chance. And she's like, okay, I'm going to put that on hold. I'm going to help this club out. But also, like, she really wanted to watch out for all the players she was with in Kansas City. So, Mm. man, if there's any more reason to love Becky Sabrin, there it is. Add that, like, reason number 100. Um, She's just such a great human being. Yeah, so Becky Sabrin as Utah as a Utah Royal FC captain is pretty neat. Yeah, it is weird to think that in 2020 she wasn't actually playing for the team. She barely played for Portland. Um, mm-hmm. It was weird to see her play against the Royals once, I think, just once, right? Yeah. You know, it's... For me, it's almost kind of like that season we just had didn't happen because yeah. it was just this micro season, you know. It's, but yeah, once, once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, <sighs> Challenge Cup was like a lot of fun for me because I was at, I think, eighteen out of the twenty-three games or something. But that was just, like, I feel weird being like, oh, that's like a favorite memory for me because it's not something most people got to experience and. I also recognize like I was super fortunate to be able to be there at all. Um, but it was fun to feel like really connected to the league and what was happening and kind of seeing everything firsthand in the summer. And it felt like, yeah, it was so, in- I remember that phase, that kind of period in the summer of having a lot of optimism of felt like things with COVID were like kind of getting better And, you know, the Royals weren't great, but we had a new coach and they were figuring it out. And like, there's all, you know, uh, King and Delfava and like these exciting young players coming up and like, oh man, like things are really different. It's a whole new world, but like things are like good and going to get better. And everything's terrible right now. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, uh, this is a fun moment. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Any other favorite memories or player shout outs or anything like that? Rachel Corsi's stoppage time goal was really good. Mm, that was good. Was that I, against Portland? I think it was. I think it was. I, yeah. think it was. 
I I genuinely love that whole. This is not that moment, but the World Cup and covering the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And bless you, Cindy, for editing it because I wrote like sixty pages. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Um, but I just remember that was really cool because there was this Royals fandom and it sort of connected it to the world, you know, and the realization that there is a huge world out there outside of the U S women's national team. Yeah. Yeah. And so following stories of, um, you know, like players from like Thailand, I think it was, and just, just sort of like the realization finding, in discovering all the odd jobs that women's athletes have around the world mm-hmm. that they do as full-time gigs and then soccer on the side. And then to still be able to compete at a high level is just, you know, incredibly fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a fun world cup. Just so many Royals players. It, it was so exciting to see them all play and, um, all the national teams, all the stories, but also see the Royals play without those players and who was coming up and, you know, Sam Johnson finishing out her time. And that meant Gabby Vincent had to like step in um, once, once Corsi got back. And yeah, it was just, it was fun. That was such an interesting moment too. Cause I remember being at the game, I was setting stuff up. And someone came up to me and asked me, and it's like, hey, is Sam Johnson really retiring? I was like, what? No, I haven't heard this. And then, like, 15 minutes later, it's like, boom. Oh, okay, this is her last game. That was so weird. And then it just just happened. And now she's playing again. And she practiced with the Royals. Yeah, I don't... I wonder if there's an internal organization thing there. I don't know. I, I think she was ready to just be done, and... Like, the announcement went down the way she wanted it to. Like, that was her decision. It wasn't... Like, the team was all up for doing something big for her, and she didn't want that. Um, and I think she was just kind of felt done with soccer, and then I'm not sure what changed. Like, I'd love to have her in the podcast, but probably not going to happen. Unless we do a Rachel Pla- Platten. What's her name? Rachel Platten, yeah. yeah Rachel Platten, Platten, Sam Johnson, double episode. <laughs> You know, we, we tried to get Sam Johnson, though. Yeah. She I never remember. responded to my emails. Mm, there is a few that never responded. I'm not going to name names, but... Uh... We should we should draw names. <laughs> no, Looking at you, Katie Stengel. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do it another time. Let's, let's postpone. What about next week? Yeah. All right, let's not get too salty. We're going to try to be happy. Um... <laughs> yeah, um... I feel like we haven't talked enough about like, I don't know, specific players like Desiree Scott, just bossing that, that defensive midfield spot. Um, or Katie Bowen, just always being consistent as the outside back. Um, Kelly O'Hara, not playing a lot, but man, when, when she was a hundred percent, like it felt like she could be a real game changer. I don't know if like I'm missing people, but. Yeah, Vero, like such, like she was so fun to have on the podcast. Such a warm person. Oh, best friends with her. our best friend Pochettino, mm-hmm. uh, PSG mm-hmm. trophy winning coach with PSG now, which is great. You knew we had to talk about Spurs at some point in this episode. 
Yeah, how do they? How are they like number seventy? What they were like the Spurs? How are they like number seventy now? <laughs> That's a joke. Because oh. they dropped in the table. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, aren't you like a Manchester United fan now? Oh, yeah. It was on sale. Yeah. It's no excuse. Anyway. <laughs> Another um, moment I remembered was the Beckhamoros flop. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I forgot about that. That's good. So legendary. And she was such a good player, too. She got injured, and then she was on the bench, and then she sort of disappeared. And then they stuck her retiring at the bottom of some other press release. And I was so annoyed by that because she uh, deserved to have her own press release of retiring. I think it was when Mandy Laddish retired. Was that it? Yeah. Because I remember reading it. When I, when we were doing the Utah Royals FC like top 10 moments, I was reading like the Mandy Laddish uh, release about her retiring. Because I wanted the quote for that she used because it was really good. And then at the bottom, it was like, oh, and by the way, <laughs> Becca Morals is not returning. She's retiring. So, But it's great because now she's like an assistant coach with Sky Blue FC. Yep. Yeah. Mandy Lanish coming back was another really awesome moment. It just sucks that it ended the way it did for her. I know. And, you know. She eventually just realized that I, she's like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep getting injured. And she already went through such um, a long rehab process to come back the first time. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, at some point you just got to be like, okay, I got to enjoy life. It's not worth being in pain and going through rehab. And I'm, I'm glad she is taking care of herself now. And she had a good career. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wonder what she's up to these days. Because I think she's in Portland. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, one thing I think I I think we can touch on is kind of just what what did the team mean to to each of you? Um I know that's a big question that's really broad, but um Megan, are you up for Starting, kicking that off. Oh, I think you're muted if you're talking. Uh-oh. I can't hear you. Okay, um, why don't we... Uh, uh, Richard, do you want to start that? Yeah, I can go... For and I touched on this a little bit, but for me, it was all about like community and meeting people and like really backing something. Because I had obviously supported RSL before. I you know have been with RSL Soapbox since like early 2017 or 2016, something like that. But I remember when the Royals came, I was just so excited about that. There was just so much hype, and my love for RSL kind of dropped, and it never picked back up. Because it all went went into the Royals, and it still is sort of there a little bit. But you know, it was it was everything for such a long time until my life got really hectic, like you know, a year and a half ago. So many hours were put into this podcast. So many hours were put into writing. So many hours were put into you know 
trying to market this podcast, even though I was terrible at it, um, into trying to get people on, into trying to do stuff with the court, you know, into chatting with people. It was the biggest part of my life outside of school because I was in college, you know, when this started. It was, it was almost like a school 60, Utah Royals 40%. It was everything. It was everything to me until, you know, obviously life got hectic, graduated, things happened. And so I couldn't put as much energy into it, but it's, you know, the people that I've met are incredible people that, you know, like I talked to today, like Josh, Stephanie, Peggy, there's so many just incredible people that, you know, I consider my friends that I met just by going to games. And that's really incredible to just to have this sort of community that was built. And, you know, people like Marcus, Nick Osterhout, I could go on and on and on and just drop names after names after names. But just a lot of really good people, you know, RSL Soapbox, this podcast included, that became a part of my life. And so it it really did mean everything to me. And it, it still means a whole lot. And that's why I'm so raw and I think sad about it. Megan, you. Oh no, we we still can't hear you. Um, Cindy, are you up for answering? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I think. Yeah, I when I think about just the team, I think community too. You know, I. There, there's so many people that you you become friends with. Lucas, Matt, Virtual, Megan. Like I, I, I think that that that's the most that um, means. I mean, if I gained any, like I said earlier, and like in a cheesy way, I was like, may have lost the club, but I gained friends. <laughs> you know, like um, it's cheesy, but it's very true. Um, and yeah, I. I, yeah, that's that's the big one for me. Um, but also just really just, yeah, like Virgil said, like I, I spent so much time covering this team. I mean, I was at work doing other work and uh, I'm glad I'm not fired yet. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, um, you know, you're like doing work and then at the same time you're you're doing your work and then you're like, oh, no, breaking news. I got to get this. And um yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss just that a- aspect of, of, of even just like planning how the season's going to look, like coverage. Um, I'm not really sure how, I'm sure there'll be some structure with Blue Testament, um, but, and, and I think most is, you know, just, just even going down for games too. That, that was a lot of fun. And you know, two of my friends tagged along one time and you guys got to meet my friends and we played a soccer game and went out to eat and yeah, just the good, just like that connection to people. I mean, even, you know, Scott Parkinson too, who, you know, was on the show, followed us, you know, he has sent like super kind messages. 
and you know he's he was super gutted for like the club being lost and yeah and of course Kristen Press who is like the best soccer player on the planet <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree yeah. with that yeah it's not um yeah yeah just the people I think I mean the club is one thing like having a soccer club great and you know there's a lot of soccer clubs but the people that you meet along the way and supporting one club that that can't you know that continues so yeah, yeah. i hope i made sense yeah um yeah i mean i i i really love what both of you guys said i think I think one aspect that felt really important to me is just how how well received the Royals were. Um, like Utah's a weird place. Like Salt Lake is a very liberal city and a very conservative state. And I was really proud to see, um, yeah, female athletes treated with respect and that they drew huge crowds, the second highest in the league consistently, averaging at 10,000 people. Like that was awesome to see. It was awesome to watch world-class players on the team playing or playing against the team. And just that we got to have that here in Salt Lake city um, at Rio Tinto stadium, you know, kind of weekend week out was so much fun. And it was such a pleasure to watch as athletes just at their craft. Um, But it's also kind of what you guys have said of the community, the friendships. Um, It's really kind of fun to watch how people develop, community or communities and um as much as i love just sitting down and watching soccer which is um honestly one of my favorite things to do obviously um it's so much like better when you're with friends or when you're like in a full stadium or like at a bar with you know with a group of friends and um yeah it's really fun how that how that community was was built and even just you know walking around the stadium, seeing, seeing Megan, seeing Grucher. Like, I mean, you know, you were always at the South end. I feel like I'd always walk by with my camera and we'd chat for a few minutes. And like that was always super fun and just nice to kind of like walk around and see people that you knew and were friends with. And like, that'll exist at some level with RSL games, but it's definitely different. Like the community around Real Salt Lake or the Monarchs is some, some overlap, but also pretty different. And I'm, I'm definitely sad we're losing that. Megan, how's your audio? Man, Utah Royals after like three years. Um, it's it's kind of been a whirlwind, honestly, because I kind of got into the writing world, sports coverage world, about the same time as the Royals got announced. I think I started with Soapbox in November of of oh what was it 2017 and then December 2018 is when the team was announced I just kind of got my feet wet a little bit and then had this whole new team that I kind of got put not forced into covering but like started covering and worked with Cindy along all that and then to kind of have what felt like our baby a little bit just be gone one day kind of it kind of hurt a lot more than than we thought it would. And um, so I guess, I don't know, this club for me kind of gave me a lot of opportunities and has kind of helped me realize a lot of passions that I've had and a lot of dreams that I've had. Um, And honestly, the work I've done with Soapbox is how I 
what I started going to college for, what I'm in school for now. So it's kind of kind of started my life on a path that I didn't anticipate it going on with that came with just this team and kind of seeing them gone now while I'm moved on to other opportunities, seeing this team kind of take a new form in Kansas city. Maybe we'll have a Utah Royals FC again one day, who knows, but it's, it's definitely a little, a little bit of a tough pill to swallow and kind of, I'm hopeful we get a team back in Utah. I would love to continue to have women's professional sports in Utah. I think it's important to keep growing the women's game, but Ultimately, I'm just thankful for for the opportunities that this team gave and this team has like the memories that we made, the friendships that we made. I think we all talked about that there. I wouldn't have known any of you guys if it wasn't for this team and, and Soapbox and all of that. So it's definitely a lot of really incredible people, both players and personnel and writers and media members and all of the all of the above have come through this team. So there's a lot a lot of people to say goodbye to on top of losing, obviously getting to boast that we support women's soccer in Utah because we don't get to do that anymore. So I think that's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of bitter feelings, but also I'm very grateful for all the opportunities this team uh, provided. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Well, looking ahead, um, I mean, everyone probably already knows this, but, uh, Utah Soccer Holdings LLC retain the rights to the um, name and branding of Utah Royals FC. Um, and they have the option to bring back um, an NWSL franchise in the Utah Royals in 2023. Um, and we just have no idea if that will happen or not. That's entirely up to the new owner. Um, from what I've heard, Ryan Smith is still in the works i've heard mixed things about if he's interested in women's soccer or not um yeah someone put it out there that he just didn't really care about women's sports and i don't know if that's true um it's really hard because we um we don't know we 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 don't he hasn't said anything on the record and probably wouldn't um at least not in the negative. He probably would in the affirmative if he was like, yeah, I'm going to uh, bring back the team. Um, but someone who has like some level of inside and from knowledge, I guess, um, said that that wasn't the issue for Ryan Smith. Um, it was probably more around Deloitte and how he ran the team. Kind of from what I've heard is he would sort of drop um, money on the team and like want to hype up hype it up big but there wasn't also like a consistent budget and it wasn't run very professionally um from a budgetary standpoint i think that the players were treated well but man i'm not sure the staff were treated super great uh if i'm being honest um and so it could that could all be totally different in the future like he ryan smith could come in and be like no like i absolutely want this but i wasn't willing to work with Deloitte Hansen and this is like what the league did. Um, like we just don't know, but there's also other groups interested. There's um, I've heard there's two other groups and when I say groups, I mean groups, it's not just like one billionaire owner, like Ryan Smith. It's, it's uh, one's an international group. I think one is a domestic group. Um, I don't know anything about them other than they exist and they're looking at it. Um, and by looking at, it, I mean, working with major league soccer, um, but 
MLS assumed the sale of Real Salt Lake uh, last Friday, which would have been was like a six. I don't know. A while ago on Friday. Um, uh, so we don't know. Um, but that possibility exists. And I think we're all hopeful, um, that that happens, but who knows? Um, yeah, I'd kind of be curious to hear from you all. Like, do you feel optimistic about that? Do you feel like, like it's not even worth holding in hope and just, it's time to move on? Like what, what, what's your take on this? So, um, one thing is that obviously, you know, we don't know, don't know a whole bunch about who's buying RSL, but there has been some indication that there are separate entities. Like there's a family in Park City. There's some folks in Utah County who wanted to buy or I guess keep the Utah Royals here. So there is potential that we could get an NWSL team sometime down the line that would be a separate entity from RSL. So that is, a, you know, maybe it's a pipe dream, but it's something that could happen. Um, and then obviously with the clause for 2023, that's something that could very well happen as well. Um, but both those routes being considered, I'm just staying very sort of cautiously optimistic. I don't want to throw too much energy or, you know, excitement into it and then eventually get burned. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely a lingering hope there for me. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, the market is, it's a good market. Um, and honestly, if, the NWSL can return to Kansas City, it can return to Utah. Um, so I think there's one optim optimism that the NWSL knows the markets. Um, that's my hope, at least. Like, they they know that there's a market. They knew that there was a market in Kansas City. And um, 2017 is very different from 2021. And it does take an owner who is willing to invest properly and I mean, with the Kansas City team, it was m mismanaged um, terribly, and FC Kansas City. To what be did clear. I say? I, I mean, you you said Kansas. I just want to differentiate oh. for listeners that you're not talking yes. about right. the new Kansas City team. Ah, yes, uh. FC Kansas City. Um, I thought I said like I don't know Utah or something, which they were mismanaged too. But um, yeah, so FC Kansas City was terribly mismanaged. And, you know, the NWSL stepped in and was like, you're done. We're, we're cutting you off. And then Delroy Hansen steps in. So I, I think there's hope that, especially with, with the market that Utah is, I, I think I'm hopeful that there will be a team in 2023, whether that's the extension of the new owner or um, the NWSL steps in and it's like, hey, we have a very interested owner and they can just transfer ownership. I think um, there's a, a really real possibility yeah. in two or three years that Kansas City fold and relocates <laughs> to Salt Lake. And this just happens every two or three years back and forth. And it's basically just joint custody of divorced parents and <laughs> the kid. Uh, but yes, that, fans are just <laughs> that, that, that's what, yep, that's going to be how it goes. Thank you, Lucas, for looking into the future. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful. I think two, what year is it? 2021. <laughs> um, 2020 is a blur, guys. I'm like, uh. um, wait and see. Yeah, wise words. Mm. 
Well, um, we are kind of going to wrap up this episode. Um, I did, I do have a long list of people I wanted to kind of thank and give shout outs to first would be, um, original co-host Ryan Kelly. Um, yeah, I really love that dude. Sounds like he's on the mend, which is, which is great. Um, also RJ Allen, who was, um, uh, co-host for a while. Yeah. Super knowledgeable runs backline soccer, um, would write for a soapbox for the, about the Royals. Um, yeah. So shout out to those folks also to Jake Simons and the RSL show crew that really, you know, kind of jumpstarted this thing and got it going early on. Um, and, uh, yeah, just thankful for those guys. Um, and then, yeah, just a long list of other people to thank Laura Harvey, um, uh, Scott and Lauren Parkinson, just both really great. Jason Batty, Trey Fitzgerald, Roscoe, Skyler, Ryan Hale, Carla and Van Haslam, just that whole OG crew from that first year of, of the Royals. Um, Meg Van Dyke, you know, Taryn and Matt, um, Matt Montgomery um, has been super helpful and kind of all levels on the soapbox side. Um, and yeah, just the players, like super thankful that we got to watch you play super thankful that you were all just willing to engage and come on the show. And uh, yeah, like excited to see where your careers go. Um, that, yeah, it's just, it was definitely a joy to, to watch you, to interact with you. Um, and lastly, just, yeah, the listeners um, just wild to me that so many folks would listen every week. Like that's really fun to see. And um, I think more testament about the passion people have for the Royals and maybe, you know, uh, our podcasting skills, but uh, yeah, really, really fun. So do you guys have any, anyone to add to that list? I think everyone here also deserves a round of applause. Um, you know, I, I was actually just thinking today, reflecting upon, you know, Cindy, I didn't even know you and you had joined RSL soapbox and it's like, Hey, I don't know you, but you know, women's soccer. And I want to talk about women's soccer and I don't know anything. Uh, do you want to do a podcast with me and someone named Ryan Kelly? And here we are 110 episodes later, closing it out. I never thought that it would start in the first place. Um, and so to go 110 episodes, and even though it's gone through different iterations of the show of who's been active, there have been so many incredible people who have contributed to, to this project. Um, but, you know, specifically you, Cindy, Megan, Ryan, RJ, and obviously Lucas, um, you know, when I started working like 70 to 80 hours a week and my life got chaotic, Lucas really stepped in and did everything that I didn't have the time to do anymore. Um, and so Lucas and Cindy have really kicked ass for the past like nine months or so. And uh, so really, really grateful to everyone who has been involved with the show. And of course, everyone who's listened, everyone who's downloaded, everyone who's been on it. I know I'm just repeating what Lucas has said, um, but it's... I'm so grateful to know the people who have been a part of the show. Yeah. I mean, I do like, I want to echo some of that back to you. Of, you know, you are, you know, 
kind of I feel like you're sort of like the dad of the podcast like this is kind of your baby <laughs> it um, is it is and yeah like I'm super honored I could be a part of it um but also like I, I don't know I don't feel like I carried the podcast I feel like the last few months Cindy has probably been more than I have and it's been this well I feel like you you've definitely slacked me in a lot and like are we gonna podcast are we gonna podcast <laughs> I, yeah. all the time. it's true uh, Y'all have both killed it. Yes, yeah, I mean, and we have a really good system of. I do the audio. Yeah. She writes. She writes the words, mm-hmm. and uh, we get it done. So. Yeah. yeah. One other comment <laughs> is, I hope y'all keep an eye out and follow Megan's life, because hundred percent going to be on Sports Center or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely killing it, and she's shaking oh. her head. <laughs> the Wunderkids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I appreciate the confidence you have in me, though. It is it is very much appreciated. We shall see. I have about four semesters left in my degree, so we shall see. Four? That's it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I should have five, but I have enough from high school that I'll be able to do a semester early. So hopefully four more semesters. Aren't you like 16? <laughs> oh my goodness. Wouldn't be a Utah Royals FC show without you guys making fun of my age. <laughs> I mean, you brought it up originally. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, every time. Well, without yeah. It's true. Megan's going to go on to do big things. Um, we're probably going to, I'll probably like message her and she'll be like, Who are you? I will never forget the soapbox family. Don't worry. <laughs> That's true. You, you guys are, will always have a special place in my heart, regardless of if I end up doing anything in media or not. There, the things you guys taught me through my youth, and that's kind of in part through this team, will never be forgotten. I will be happy if you end up at the Tribune and take Alex's job. <laughs> I don't want to take Alex's job. He does great coverage of Real Salt Lake and formerly Utah Royals FC. If you can be like Maddie. Oh, I miss Maddie. Maddie was fantastic. I love her. So great. (laughs) Uh, Um, Just make sure you confirm everything. (laughs) Yes. I always, I'll always fact check. Don't confirm confirm with your sources. Confirm with your Twitter followers. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get in trouble, aren't we? Okay. Yes, we are. It wouldn't yeah, if be. You would have made it this far into the episode. It's uh, true. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it yeah, it wouldn't. Yep. Okay. God, I love y'all. <laughs> Are we done with our thank yous? I think so. Oh, I think so. I think so too. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna thank you too because, like I said, you guys accepted me and from afar and I'm very very honored you guys thought that I actually knew a lot of things back in 2017 2018 because I was just like okay here we go I remember when Matt was like would you like to be the the editor for Utorials FC and I was like sure (laughs) um I sold it well I guess um (laughs) but I'm just now finding out that you didn't know much I mean I knew I knew things, but I know more now. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it was, yeah. I thank you guys for just 
making fun of me all the time. Um, still haven't eaten a sock, so. <laughs> I still haven't eaten. Yeah, thanks, Lucas, for selling me out. Um, I think Maybe anything... that'll be the reunion episode. Oh, wow. I think of anything, I think the number of times I was thrown under the bus by Lucas, I was a lot. It's like so. once and it just came <laughs> up a lot after that. Exactly. So it has morphed into now I can't escape it. It's everywhere. Everywhere. I can't go a day on NWSL Slack without the dang sock. So thank you, Lucas. We all have a legacy. Yours is just <laughs> sock eating. Right. You, you take off press fans. I apparently eat socks so um yeah so yeah thanks to everyone listeners i think there was somebody i believe his name is josh and he was he always sent like really sweet messages be like listening to you and lucas has been really just encouraging it's been a tough year so even just knowing that putting on like a little podcast can actually make a difference too that's pretty cool i mean i wouldn't say we're like wow inspiring but um, the fact that someone actually looks forward to, you know, hearing your voices and your takes are super spot on takes. That's, that's pretty cool. So, um, Josh, take care. Reach out if you need anything. Um, Lucas has a lot of scarves. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. you, you, you got, you got like Liverpool, Manchester City. They're all places I've been. Um. Excuse me, sir. Um, but plastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do have a plastic scarf somewhere. <laughs> oh wow, that's different yeah. though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So thank you to everyone. Um, we did want to end. We did want to add a little bit of just listen listener voice messages. Um, and I believe that's the next bit you'll hear about just just some people talking about what Utah Royals FC meant to them and yeah it, it's just a final we wanted to incorporate it into the show um, as the final one to just hear from those who either were a part of the show or listened to the show um, and so yeah so here they are Hey, URFC show. This is Alyssa Downing. Um, man, I'm bummed the team is gone, but I'm, I'm grateful for the fun memories. There were lots of them. Um, that Portland game with the Becky Sauerbrunn header, definitely a highlight. I was there with my women's hockey team and we just went crazy. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I wanted to thank you guys for all your hard work. You guys covered the team extremely well. You were fun to engage with in social media. Um, and I hope that continues. And I hope that we all get attend a game, get to attend a game together soon. That would be awesome. Thanks. My name is Liz, and my favorite player from the Utah Royals, without a doubt, is A Rod. Uh, and of course, favorite game is that home game against Portland in 2019, when when A Rod just fought the whole entire Portland Thorns, just you know took them all on. Um, and that's kind of what the Utah Royals means to me is just passion and laying it all on the field and, you know, being the underdog at times, but showing everyone in the league what you're made of. And I miss them already, but I cannot wait to see them return. 
Ian from the Soapbox here. Uh, I just wanted to add some thoughts and reflections on the Royals and their time here and hopefully them coming back so we can kind of catalog before this little gap in their history. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the home opener uh, for the 2018 season because I decided to get married that day. Uh, but I think I missed made it to every other game that season. Uh, and, you know, I unfortunately my my fondest memory is this is me screaming at the tv uh with the handball baseball incident that some of you may remember uh you know uh captain becky was kind of a hero for a lot of us and it was good that we had her for that time and could share that experience and so now i think we all just put everything on pause and hopefully 2023 brings us brings us a team back so uh it's been fun i'm glad that you know, some of us were able to be part of it and so many of us were able to be a part of it. And, you know, here's to hoping for a good future. Hey guys, this is Stockton Mayor, a writer for RSL Soapbox. Um, just wanted to say thank you to uh, the members of the URFC show for letting me join them on an episode. Um, I love being a fan of the Royals. They meant everything to me. My favorite player was Brittany Ratcliffe, and my favorite moment was her uh, game-winning goal against uh, 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 North Carolina Courage. And uh, it was a huge goal. Uh, helped us be- defeat the champ, uh, the champs, uh, that year. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thank you for. Uh, uh, playing here and you guys were awesome and we'll miss you hi this is scott parkinson i really can't put my finger on any one moment uh, in utah uh, during my time there was just tons of them from seeing that packed stadium and some good performances and good goals to our youth nights at zion's bank academy uh, getting 200 kids every Monday night in the local community to train with the players and staff to, you know, getting invited up to the hospital at the U to see Ryan Kelly when he was in a bad way and showing that the, you know, the club was behind him and supporting him. So honestly, yeah, there's, you know, it was to me two of the best years of my life and, you know, I miss Utah Rose as much as anyone. Hey guys, Trey Fitzgerald here. Um, it's really hard to do this without just talking about how much I love your guys' show and everything you guys did for the Royals and the fan culture here over the last three years. But my favorite uh, Royals memory or memories are so many, but just to boil it down to a couple that I think encapsulate the club, the culture, um, would be being in the locker room uh, when the team was able to walk in and see it for the first time and seeing professionals, rookies, grizzled veterans, Laura Harvey, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, etc. Just completely realize the ambition that we as a club wanted to encapsulate in everything we did with the Royals and provide them the best possible chance to win. 
and to entertain. And that flows into the the second memory is just that opening day, that first game at Rio Tinto um, with just the the looks on everybody's faces in the crowd, the the happiness uh, that NWSL had arrived in Utah. Just those are two of the more rewarding moments. There's so many great times with Laura Harvey and Scott Parkinson and Jason Batty and everybody else on the staff, just too, too many people to name, um, whether it's just kicking around after practice or um, teaching Laura how to play golf. I wasn't there, but, you know, Scott Parkinson would share videos, and she was awesome. And um, hopefully we'll have the NWSL back in Utah again here in 2023, and we can um, – we can just call it unfinished business and, and build upon what we had. But thank you all and love listening to you guys. Talk soon. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for those messages. Um, really great to hear from folks. Um, yeah. And just, uh, I think we're just going to all say goodbye and thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Sincerely, Bye. thank you. Take care. Stay royal. See you in 2023, hopefully. If the world doesn't burn down. <laughs> Cindy, will you commit to eating the, eating a sock in 2023, regardless of what happens? Yes, 2023, I will eat a sock. Right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, everyone, uh, stay subscribed. So in 2023, we can... Uh, have a video podcast of Cindy eating Ooh. a sock. All right. Thanks, everyone.